0: You are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson. Got Matt across from us in the studio here. And Matt, you are going to give us our next question for the quiz. I am. So it is, which woman is mentioned
1: the most in the Bible, Mary or Sarah? Oh, okay. Mm.
0: So we have a bit of a, we have a bit of a battle here. It's on. We've got, okay, Mary and Sarah. Let's do a bit of a, let's do a bit of a profile here. You've got one who is the mother of the son of God, and yeah. the other one who is the mother of, well, basically, the, 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 Ishmael, the, the, the nations of the holy people, you know, yeah. whether, it's, whether it's well, we see both, uh, the Jews and the Israelites and then we've also got Ishmael as well which is the line of the, the arabians into islam today There's grand so them. so very we've got two very prolific women which one of them is mentioned the most in the bible Absolutely. oh this is this is tough guys hey 0491 064 669 again that's 0491 064 669 that is the number to text if you know the answer to that one and if you do you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize For this week, we've got two amazing prizes: a morning and an evening devotional, which we'll give to you absolutely for free. All you guys need to do is answer questions correctly, and even if you have one answer in the draw, you have the potential to win. We've had winners, in fact, last week win the draw, win the prize on one answer. Again, the more answers you questions you answer, you actually get more chances in the draw. But hey. At least one, and this is a either or all kind of question. Either you write Mary, you write Sarah. It's a fifty-fifty chance. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I've already got correct answers coming through. So, or sorry, I should say we've already got answers coming through. Correct. And incorrect. I just, you know, I want to. uh Hey, you know who you are. Well, you don't know who you are now because I've said correct and incorrect. So maybe you got it right. Maybe you didn't get it right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We're, we're, we're vouching for you. You know what? We got to give a big shout out to Producer Shell because she is really she's the one that keeps us on track here. We say the wrong thing, we see her shaking her head. We say good thing, she nods. You know, she encourages us. She holds the. She's the glue <laughs> that holds our ship together. Or maybe not glue. A glue. A ship glue together. That might not be the best way. Maybe the the nails or the the pop rivets or whatever it may be. <laughs> producer Shell is getting it done this morning, oh,
1: bro. You know, um, you're giving uh, today some sort of how would you say prolific, prophetic. Significance.
0: Why? What What am I saying that's prophetic? <laughs> because I was in that seat yesterday and I said exactly
1: the similar same thing, just paraphrased. Yeah. Oh, show
0: essentially. Our, our, our love f- for, my for, for producers. <laughs> we have, a, we have a, 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 good, a good amount of producers who come in here brilliant, who brilliant. do a great job. Brilliant. Shout out producer Pete. Shout out producer Shanna. You know, different DJs who step up to the board and do an ama- amazing work. But it's really, at the end of the day, producer Shell pulling the strings.
2: This is great content. Let's keep going with yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, this is you're just soaking <laughs> it up. i just look, soaking it up. <laughs> Rochelle also, she controls the buttons too. Like, she doesn't want us here. She can, she can with with the flick of her wrist, with the press of the buttons, she can take are us, us in and put us out. You look like you're blushing. <laughs> she's not blushing. She has a husband, dude. There's nothing that we can say that will match what he's already done. Hey, you say she's our savior. <laughs> what are you doing, Lawson? No, we're, we're not saying anything it. like that. We're saying that producer Shell is oh a valued God. member of the team, and yes. you know her husband. Is is also one of our overseers, and you know this is this is good content for our future. So <laughs> hey, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning here on Faith <laughs> FM, and. Yeah, man. Look, we've had a great previous hour. Love what John Ashton was saying. Just the complexity of the human body and the ability that it has. And and again, not just in a, in a, we're not talking from an anecdotal way. It's like, oh, the ability for someone to do some action equals there must be a creator because, you know, in the evolutionary model and in the evolutionary uh, you could say that the, the logic of evolution, they make allowance for that. It's, even though evolution from a, from a histori- historicity perspective, like we have never observed. We've never observed, uh, the, obviously we've observed microevolution, the yep. adaptation, the small adaption of species to their specific, uh, environment you know and that's what that's what it was that darwin originally observed yes he well, said yeah. you know he's got the birds with the different sized beaks depending on what type of diet they were having it's like okay you know we we can see this very obviously but we've never seen a fish become a person yeah that's macro we've, we've never seen that's right macro evolution and but in their model they say oh well hey over deep time over millions of years we should be able to see the gaining of ge- genetic information to the point in which these certain behaviors become a possibility for you know those creatures or organisms living on earth but what we again and again see and what again and again uh, the likes of John Ashton brings up uh, dr john ashton is that the complexity of these actions the complexity of these emotions and these feelings and these reactions and the chemical processes that are happening in response to these things as well that we see in the human body it is just too complex to happen by chance absolutely
1: absolutely so what you're saying essentially lawson that with these creatures they're saying on the um at the uh the uh, Apple Legos Island, whatever it is. That yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not, they're not, um, something that's gradual, as you're saying, over th- millions of years, according to their timeline. Rather, they're just, they're adaptations. Yeah. Because of their environment.
0: That's right. My, we see micro adaptations, micro evolution uh, in, yeah. in an observable scale. Like, we actually see that, we can observe that, but in terms of macro evolution and the the amount of, of information and the amount of complexity that that creates, is just impossible. We've ne- Firstly, we've never observed it, Yes, but secondarily, it is impossible that such a thing would happen by chance. And so evolutionary scholars, you know, they, they recognize this and they try to push the, the problem backwards, they say, to, again, not believe in God. They would say, oh, well, maybe there was some superior race or something like that which planted the seeds of right. humanity on this earth, you know, because something has to come from something. That's you know, right. it's, it's logically inconsistent to say that that something comes from nothing. But yep. for us, we would push that back in a, in a cosmological sense, back to God, and you say, well, where does God come from? And for us, it's, hey, well, God's own description of himself, he's not just, a, he's not just an alien, he's not just an organism from another thing. He is the omnipotent. He yes. is the uncaused cause who sets all things in motion. It's interesting that you said that um, uh,
1: That you know, Richard Dawkins, yeah, he, he was asked... If you find out that evolution is not what, you know, the Big Bang caused all this, would you then concede that it's God? And he couldn't help himself go, "I'd rather say that it's, it's a superior race out there." Mm. And you see, the, the, the person interviewing said, um, "You're referring to aliens, yes?" Mm. So you just said that, yeah, that, that's yeah, right, and,
0: and that's because of Richard Dawkins himself, like his. I guess you could say his his hatred or his inclination oh. against God. You know whether it's abuse in the, the of religion. And that's this is the big thing that Richard, the likes of Richard Dawkins, really focuses on: is oh, the church has done so many awful things. How can they be an instrument of God? And for us as Christians, we're like. Duh. Like, the, the, what the Bible says is not that people in church are going to be perfect, or that institutions are going to be perfect, or that church, uh, institutions that say they represent him are even going to do so. In fact, the, the story of the Bible is that people have often tried to misrepresent God and lead people away from him by claiming to be, you know, kind of on his side in a sense. And that's definitely what we see when we read, say, the book of Matthew, chapter 24, the book of Revelation where it's like many will come in my name and deceive many absolutely this is god has already made account you know for this he's made allowance for this he's like this is the result of the human condition is deception is people who claim to represent me misrepresenting me but does this mean that god isn't our creator and the answer is absolutely no and i feel like god has done you know as as bad as earth can be God has done everything in his power to show us that there is something better and something greater and something more. And we see that in its clearest sense with Jesus Christ himself hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of humanity. The omnipotent, eternal, immortal God forfeiting his right to rule in heaven to come down to this earth and give his life. When we're seeing this, observing this, understanding this shows us the love that God has, which is again this love and this sense that we feel this this inclination of feelings toward God, towards God of love. Again, unaccounted for in the evolutionary model. Other than, you know, again, they try to make account for it, but it just doesn't make sense. It's, oh, you know, we develop love because it helps us to get into communities better and those communities equal survival. And it's like, does it really, like, is it love that enables survival? You know, if anything, again, what we see in nature is there is senses of love, but then also selfishness and exploitation we also see in humanities. But the fact that we see this tension balanced, the Bible has the perfect explanation. We are, Created by God, we are fallen, but Jesus, God, has done everything he possibly can to bring us out of that fall.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Chat. Connect with us on 0491 064 669.
0: Now, it is creation, it is God's love, it is the worship of him that Paul, when in the Areopagus... In Greece, in Athens, is trying to get across to these non-Christian Greek, either Platonian or Epicurean or Stoic or or Aristotelian, these philosophers, these subscribers to Greek paganism and religion. He is trying to share with them this new conception of God. I I know that you guys, Joseph and yourself, Matthew, were in here yesterday and you were talking about, oh, how can we build bridges by finding similarities between us and people. Now, Paul has done that. He's seen the unknown God, and he said, this unknown God I come to proclaim to you, you know, and he's trying to to build those bridges. But now, with that bridge, he's trying to deliver, you know, he's he's sending across the bridge a packet of something new, of something fresh, something that up until this point, as we noted earlier in the week, he was considered a babbler, Yes. by the philosophers of, you know, Greece at the time, by the Stoics and the Epicureans. He's like, what is this Babbler talking about? He's now, he's like, okay, their spiritual conception of what I'm trying to say is quite low, it's quite difficult, but now I'm building a bridge and I'm going to try and send this this new information across it and we actually see that there's good results from that. But let's pick it up. In chapter 17, in the book of Acts, if you can get that for us, Matthew, we're going to go to chapter 17, and let's begin reading. We're going to start in verse, hmm, maybe 24, if you can get verse 24 for us.
1: Gladly. So it says this in verse 24 of Acts 17, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in peace. Temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath and all things. Mm. Can you continue on to verse twenty seven for us, Matthew? Gladly. And he has made from one blood every nation of men and women to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their preappointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us.
0: Wow. Oof. Powerful stuff. Okay. Oh, yes. So this is this is the new package he's sending across. You know, up until this point, he's like men of Athens, I perceive that you're all very religious. Yes. Bridge. Okay. First bridge. Second bridge. Um, for, as I was passing through, I considered the objects of your worship and found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, he might proclaim to you. Bridge. 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 He's like, okay, we're creating, we're creating bridges here. Up, uh, you know, up until this point, you know, he's, he's arrived in the Areopagus. He's gone to their realm. Yep of philosophical reasoning, bridge. Bridge. Bridge, bridge, bridge. He's creating, he's creating one bridge and some yeah. lanes on that bridge. Well, you said just now, he's gone to their home ground advantage. Not That's right. That's yeah. right. He's not like, hey, guys, come to church. He's in their space. In space. He's, he's working by their rules as well. The Areopagus had very specific rules about being able to present, and we assume that Paul would have had some familiarity with this and would have been presenting along these guidelines as well. And you see some of the pictures of, of when there's depictions of of, of uh, Aristotle and Plato when they're presenting in these kinds of spaces with their different hand movements and whatnot. Like, it was very, very specific. Yes, Paul would be abiding by those guidelines. He'd yes. be, in the end, furthermore, using an already known idea to then use that as a bridge or, or a starting point or a jumping point to share the gospel with them, right. to share the truth of, truth of God these ideas needed to have some foundation of what was already shared. Uh, because, that, you know, that's, that's what we do currently in academia, and this is very much the centre of ancient academia, is that you use previous research to prove your research or your point correct.
1: Absolutely. Like, if I can give you an example, uh, sure. unless you shared you you were a motocross a rider, yeah, you, went yeah. to, you went to Spain.
0: Yeah, that's right. So
1: quick, if I'm wrong. If you go around talking to all the folk uh, in that culture and talk English to them all the time, how are you kind of received as opposed to learning how to speak some of their language?
0: I was actually, when I arrived in Spain, I very much met that problem. Not right. only that I spoke English, but I spoke English with a very Australian accent. If you guys had to listen to me growing Spanglish. up, not even Spanglish, <laughs> Honestly, dude. No, no. Like going up to people like these are Spanish people like, you know, hola, how do you? You know, speaking with a kind of like English and a Spanish accent. would be like, oh, hey, yo, mate, my name's Lawson. Like I was the biggest <laughs> bogan back in the day like that's how i spoke that was my language and i realized very quickly that these people don't understand me because i speak with too much slang i mumble a lot that's another big australian communication problem yes. we mumble a lot and and i was actually able to learn from that situation that no one understands me i need to change the way i speak and the way that i speak now i speak obviously with an australian accent it's quite mellow compared yeah. to what it used to be and that came from that experience and i realized oh to be able to communicate with people i have to give respect to the context that i'm in
1: so how are you receive once you start speaking their lingo i mean what's their reaction yeah reactions? that's
0: right i think it's it's again it's just easier to communicate much more yeah. positive uh, like again i started off and it's the first words i could say were like hola como estas you know hello how are you yeah. and and so that Open some doors initially, and then I could say like, "Yo, se You know, I, I I understand like just a little bit of Spanish, and as a result, people would accommodate me as such. And I I find this, you know, in in many different cultures, and and for Paul here as well, he's trying to do the best that he can to relate to these people so that they would accommodate the truth that he has to share. But not just accommodate, but in for Paul, he is hoping that they would. Except So, we come here, verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it. This is the unknown God, again, which for them, this is something we explained on Monday, the unknown God to these people was, obviously there was Zeus and Mars and Jupiter and all of these famous gods, but... For them, they, they realized very quickly as philosophers and as naturalists, uh, scientifically and, and philosophically, which was a lot of the a lot of the philosophy and the science of Greece pre Plato was very naturalist in a sense. They realized very quickly that there has to be some god or some cause. Of the laws of nature that yeah. precede the likes of Zeus, that precede the likes of Jupiter and Mars and their, their pantheon of, of Greek gods. And this was the unknown God. And so he's like, okay, this unknown God, I come to, you know, proclaim to you God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord. So he says, okay, if God created the world and everything in it, therefore he is also, this is his logic. He is also the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the, the owner of that space as well. He is the overseer. He is the, not only its creator, but he has some ownership here. Does not dwell in temples made with hands. Speaking their language. That's right. What do you think? Why do why do you think that is significant to Greek people? Does not dwell with temples made with hands. The way I take
1: that is that these people who are making their own gods and their own yes. temples. And
0: there's, there it is there.
1: I'm saying they're making it themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where God saying, it's not made with human hands. It's mm. like God saying, I make it with my own spiritual hands. That's right. I, I make this, not you. Yeah. Because I'm out of a higher dimension, which you're not aware of. Yeah. And this is where Paul's trying to make the connection, where they're, they're actually disconnected from. That's they're
0: right. It's Because it's, it's a two-way reality for them. They do... In a sense, believe that these gods exist. That the god of Zeus exists, but his worship is confined to the temple. Yep. You know, his worship is is and and your ability to worship him, your ability to connect with him and relate to him, is as a result of a silversmith or whatever it may be making a statue or an idol or an icon. But what he is proclaiming here is this unknown God, Yahweh, the God of heaven. He is above idols. He is above temples made with men's hands. He, he is, even though obviously there was a temple created to for God, It's he is above that because he created heaven and earth. <laughs> Continues on in verse 25. It says, nor is he worshipped with men's hands. You know, the idols that are created, they are not the objects of the worship of God. As though he needed anything since he gives life to all breath and all things. And it's like, hey, God is above worship with hands because he has made and created all hands. God, this God is actually not in need of, of anything. Again, countering the ideas of pagan Appeasement or the religion of appeasement that hey, if I sacrifice my child or fifty cows or a hundred barrels of oil or whatever it may be, then God will you know be appeased enough to respect me it's like no God has actually created everything he is above appeasement he's, he's, he's a giver that's right as opposed to someone who needs to be given something that's right so it's an opposite, complete opposite paradigm shift of how they think and this is amazing because what Paul has introduced so far is that is a like a, a a kind of physical reality or, or a, a reality of God's nature, being that He's the creator of all things, therefore He doesn't need to be worshipped. Following the logic there, but it's like if He doesn't need to be worshipped with temples because He's the creator of all things, but furthermore, He's not just a a distant creator, but also He has made you and is worshipped by you in spirit and in truth and personally. We're going to continue. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Guys, it is time for the final question for Today and you guys have been sending in amazing answers, doing a great job. And oh man, that last one was like it was split. It was split in terms of answers coming in. Some people saying Mary, some people saying Sarah. We'll get to our we'll get we'll get to the correct answer in our next section. But hey, give us our final question for today, Matthew.
1: And that question is: What sort of bird fed the prophet Elijah in the books of One Kings? Mm. So, what sort of bird? fed the prophet Elijah in the book of one Kings.
0: Hey, if you know which bird is the answer this morning, 0491 064 669. Again, that number is 0491 064 669. And the correct answer will net you a chance in the draw for this week, which will be happening quarter to nine tomorrow. We'll be drawing for an evening and a morning devotional, the perfect prize to be able to start your 2024 off Right, you're listening to the breakfast show again. Actually, just quickly, I'll give you that question one more time. We are so gracious here. Hey, what bird fed the prophet Elijah in the book of First Kings zero four nine one zero six four six six nine? You're listening to the breakfast show this morning. We're continuing on considering what it was that, or the method that Paul was expertly using to reaching these people. Now, again, he in that context using their logic, acknowledging their system of of philosophy and understanding of this unknown God, and then using that as a bridge to share truth with them. And we come to verse 26 now. It says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Very much what we were talking about with Dr. John Ashton. Yes. God's creative power and what he's done in creation and he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. Whoa. (laughs) So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. This sentiment that Paul is sharing, what do you see as a contrast, Matthew? We see Paul saying this God can be found and known Yet they're calling him the unknown God. Oh, absolutely! See, the gods that they know
1: of, what's done is it's driven them to all sorts of, as you said before, their own philosophies. Yeah, and also they are worshipping according to their own selfishnesses, essentially. Yeah, that they even have a, a caste society or a caste society to say. So that means um, what you just read then is showing that to God, all all is equal, mm. all is the same. So that's a new mind blower for them. Now, hang yeah. on, we're 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 the top echelons of great thinkers, mm-hmm. and now you're just you're bringing us down as all equal. Yeah. Equal. There's there's no such thing as this one dumber, that one smarter. In my eyes, you're all my children. Yeah, wow. Because you belong to me. So that's been, that's like a, like a curveball for them. But then,
0: furthermore, what's so amazing here again? Greek. Greece, I should say, yes, the home of not just the home, like many places with a home, you know, in the ancient areas and whatnot, but very much practicing a f- practicing a form of mysticism yes. in their re- mystic religion, where there is a distance between them and God and the priest is kind of the mediator there that, Oh, I know God. You don't know God. I'll, you know, give you you know some sprinkles. Oh, you know, I'll make sure if you bring me your, kill your kid or your, you know, your money or whatever, then, then uh, you know, I'll tell God about you and it'll be all good. Absolutely. What Paul says is, okay, the unknown God, Actually created everything. Actually created you. Actually defined the the boundaries of your dwelling. Put you in the perfect place in time so that you could what know Him. So that's an intimacy. It's not just um a knowledge about yeah
1: uh, what's fantastic wisdom and things. No, yeah, it's 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 also about knowing a God where yeah. they, as you said, they'd have a disconnect at that part. That's right. Because God is. You know, just gone away, and they yeah. made gods out of themselves according yeah. to their own wisdoms. Yeah, that's so right. So wisdom is is God's, and uh, a relationship with God is something that God requires too that's and, right. and, and yearns for, which they're thinking, hang on, we've never had this experience before. That's right. And some actually feel feel very angry about it. Like, <laughs> like you're taking away my status. Yeah. It's almost like talking to gentle former Pharisees. Yeah. Like, you're taking away... Uh, the
0: glory that belongs to us—we're the one yeah. sets
1: the thinking in society.
0: Yeah, that's right. So what, you're, you're doing this paradigm shift. He does it deliberately. Isn't it crazy that again, his response, his bridge of the unknown God, his response to that, the, what the the idea that he introduces—that the unknown God is actually the most supreme—and they already kind of had a conception of that because they had this unknown God has defined everything. But furthermore, he is the one that can be the easiest and the most known yes. and he is wanting to know you. He has set the boundaries of your life to know you, Hey, in our lesson today, we've actually got some points yes. made here, kind of summarizing the method that Paul uses to reach these people. Do you want to run through them for us, Matthew? Yeah,
1: sure. And um, I've taken the liberty of actually putting some one-word references to help sum it up. So yeah. you've got to hear Paul first complimented their current spiritual awareness and mm-hmm. sincerity. You did it already, uh, uh, Lawson. We call that recognition. Yeah. So he does recognition. At the same time, in recognizing them, he's given them respect. Yeah, and that's that's a segue. That's a bridge, as you're referring to earlier. Mm. Next one, he goes. He, next, he showed that he had studied their belief, and that he found some things that he respected from what he had learned. That's so true. showing that he studied their beliefs, it's giving him some sort of accreditation. Yeah, like you know, um, they go, "Hey, hang on, now. whoa, he's speaking in our language. He knows about our culture, our history. This guy's yeah. not unlearned. Mm. We've got to bring him into our sphere and invite him to Mars Hill."
0: Yeah, oh, uh, we, yeah, we've got to listen to what he has to say. That's yeah,
1: and he does a form of also. Commendation in that regard as well Especially Mm. when the third point He then told them about one particular thing That he had discovered in his study of their religion That they admitted That they they did not understand Wow So he he commends them on that And he gives them something for consideration Which is the fact that they're exploring Mm -hmm. And they're trying to discover Mm. And therefore he implores them for that Mm. We call that um, exploration and imploration Yeah And the fourth one is After that he shared the aspect of God that he knew they desperately needed, mm. which is the fact that God exists and he loves them and is not far wow. away. Oof. That's necessity. Mm-hmm. It gives them a, a sense of you have a need. I want to I prompt you to have that need. And then at the last one, finally, at the end of his speech, Paul moved, them, moved to warning them of what it means to reject the knowledge of this God that they did not know yet, and we call that consequences. Mm. What's the, now I've given you something. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Because to, to uh, Paul going there initially in the first place is because he saw all their grandness and all their you know pomp as, as, as if going to the Vatican, but he noticed they're missing something and he, he had to do something about it because I can't just stand by mm. and look at them stuck in what they think is the most godlike state ever. Mm. They're, just, they're just short of the mark. I think I can bridge it.
0: Yeah. I think this story is really powerful because it proves to us that a conception of God. And when we talk about God, we mean the God of the Bible, Yahweh, like the the God, you know, Jesus Christ. The issues that he speaks to and the philosophy that he speaks to, like, he has, the Bible has the most appropriate message that can be understood by all. Uh, This is what's really amazing to me, that whether he was, like, whether Paul here is speaking to the Greek philosophers, whether he's speaking to the religious man of Asia, whether he's speaking to the religious man or the the philosophers or the the rulers of Rome, and if, let's say, later, throughout time, you know, when Christian missionaries have ended up in countries that have been Hindu-dominated or Buddhist-dominated or Confucius-dominated or Shinto-dominated or or pagan-dominated or whatever it may be, the gospel has been spread and and led to genuine conversion by people because they have come to an understanding, which I think is, it's universal for all of us. It's a longing to know and to understand, well, what does my future look like? You know, who is the creator of all things? Where does this all come from? And furthermore, you know, in regards to purpose, here Paul has concisely shared all of those things. And we're going to explore tomorrow, these Greeks have have in, a, in part, and some of them have understood that and will accept that and say, yes, this is exactly what we need to hear. This is exactly what we've been wondering about. Hey. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joe and myself, Lawson got Matthew as well. And Matt, you know, we haven't, dude. No more questions, just answers. So let's run through them, bro. That's it, friends. The door's shut. And we're going
1: to let out the answers through the windows. Mm -hmm. And they are fill in the blank. I am the good shepherd. Mm. That's the answer there, folk. And know my sheep and am known of mine as the father knoweth me. Even so, know I the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Mm. You could find that answer in John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. And we did give away the verse back then.
0: Yeah, amazing. So who cut Samson's hair? Whoa, this was a. This was actually we we. You said it was theologically dense, but it wasn't. I yeah, said it was yeah, easy, yeah. and then. But the reality is, is that oh, <laughs> almost everyone got it wrong because it's a bit of a tricky one. Because the answer is Delilah's male servant. Ah, yes, of course. It was Delilah who commissioned the cutting of the hair, but specifically, it, specifically. it was the male servant while Sansom was sleeping. Bro, like. <laughs> If I could use some young people colloquial language, Please, guys, bro, absolutely sold. Like, well, basically that means like he gave up. He was in in the advantage position. He, he was in, he had everything going for him and he gave it away all for lust. I mean, who wouldn't love to be
1: superman? Yeah. I'd love that.
0: <laughs> well, right. he he couldn't fly around, but he was really, really strong. He was a judge of Israel. Was. He was leading the nation and just, just gave it up, gave it up for lust. Sad. Is it hilarious that what happened to you? That was a terrible joke. Sorry, the but, uh, but, but hey, if you got that one correct, well, congratulations. We know that not many did. Hey, what is the next one here? What is the last word in the Bible? What is that last word in the Bible? It's what we say after grace too. Amen. Amen. At the end of our prayers, you know, we, we say that it is so. We make a conclusion and give that to God. Amen. We do.
1: Now, which women, I went on, which, which woman... woman which woman is mentioned the most in the Bible? Mary or Sarah? Ooh. Now,
0: with this one, before we give the answer, we did some extensive research. research. Actually, for this show, could you could you profile our research real quick? Give us a summary on the research and the extent of
2: it. Well, I just wanted to test the quiz answer myself because I'm like, well, Mary is mentioned a lot in other spots as just virgin rather than actually just saying Mary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you take all of the Mary's... Together, not just marry the mother, mm-hmm. and uh, cut out all the others. It's still it's still less than Sarah. Wow! But if you take just marry the mother and add in all of the ver the times that she's referred to as virgin or mm-hmm. just mother or just she, um, it's it's very very tight. Yeah.
0: It's, But still a loss for Mary. Still a loss
2: for Mary by one. By one mention. Because of specificity. But but I didn't look up all of the Sarah references where she is mentioned as as just, you know, wife or sister or, or she or whatever. So, but yeah. Very, it's, very tight, it's but, tight. But Sarah definitely is the winner.
1: Sarah is the winner. Okay, I I just gotta get, get clarity. Based on the fact that this is referring to names mentioned only, is that correct? Well, it's we've
0: seen names and direct references to the person. That's what Shell has just outlined yeah, for. Yeah, if us. it's
2: just names, Sarah is a clear, clear winner. It's
0: a wash, you know. Yeah. Go Sarah. For sure. But oh. even if it's other, you know, <coughs> mentions of of she and and mother and and whatnot like that, yes. it's still it's incredibly close. But Sarah still wins. Is that, yes, that's right. That's correct. Okay, so if said Mary, you lost. No, Soz, you. it was Sarah the answer there. Hey, give us our last question here. So, what sort of bird fed the prophet Elijah in the Book
1: of One Kings, and that's a raven.
0: Ah, okay, yeah So it was the ravens who showed up This is a beautiful story, actually Like, we see someone at the peak of discouragement And at the peak of struggle Running away from their call that God has given them But regardless, God chases after them God supplies their needs Gives them food and water This is obviously Elijah and Elijah is restored to strength and able to continue as a prophet. Does you know head on down to Mount Sinai, has some interesting moments down there. But through God's support, he's able to be restored back to his position as a prophet and continue his ministry until he dies. He hey, we have another text message here from George. He says, "Morning, brekkie team, and shalom." Only just tuned in and heard the last couple of songs. Lovely music again. A great, great, uh, great compliment to producer Shell and just the amazing music and program that we. That we have here on Faith faith.fm but guys remember to talk faith to live faith to act faith and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ